if you want to reclaim what the enemy has stolen, you must become a worshiper and not only an attender to worship. Dr. Tony Evans says we can only win spiritual battles on God's terms using God's tactics. You gotta be operating heavenly and spiritually, not humanly, earthly, and secularly. This is The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans, author, speaker, senior pastor of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas, Texas, and president of The Urban Alternative. Every time we let the devil get the upper hand in our lives, we surrender a little bit of territory that doesn't belong to him. But today, Dr. Evans will explain that it's not too late to go back and turn those defeats into victories. Let's join him as he tells us how. Everybody has a book. And that book has in it your divinely designed destiny. It is the enemy's goal to rip you off of that destiny. Many of us have already experienced the rogue reality of the ripoff. We've seen the spiritual grifter take our dignity take our minds, take our relationships, take our peace. And there's some folk here that want it back. You want back what has been designed by God for you to have. Now, none of us have been designed to have everything, but all of us have been designed to have something that is within the will of God. But in order for you to get back, me to get back, us collectively to get back, what is rightfully ours, you must be operating in the right location. In Hebrews chapter 12, the issue of location comes up by a major contrast. The author of Hebrews says in verse 18, of Hebrews 12, for you have not come to a mountain that can be touched and to a blazing fire and to darkness and gloom and whirlwind. He says in verse 22, but you have come to Mount Zion. The first thing you need to know about Zion, it it is the location of God's presence for the purpose of worship. Zion is the worship of the presence of God. You can come to church for worship, but not be a worshiper. It says he is seeking worshipers. So if you come in the door and all you do is come to sit, soak, and sour, you're not a worshiper even though you come to worship. So if you want to reclaim, follow me here, if you want to reclaim what the enemy has stolen, you must become a worshiper and not only an attender to worship. When David brought the ark, it said he shouted, he jumped. He didn't mumble. He didn't just sit quiet. He was a worshiper. The second reason For Zion is governance. Psalm 110 verses 1 and 2. 
The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. The Lord will stretch forth your strong scepter from Zion, saying, rule in the midst of your enemies. So Zion involves rule. And watch this. It involves rule where the enemies look like they're in charge. He says, rule from Zion in the place of your enemy. Now, I don't know what's coming out against you, but Zion is the place to overrule it. But if he can't get you to worship, why should he trust you to rule? Zion is the place where God overrules things that are trying to overrule you. On your job, in your family, with your finances, in your mind, in your circumstance, he says the scepter of God's rule is in Zion. Look at Psalm 132, verse 13. He says these words. For the Lord has chosen Zion. He has desired it for his habitation. So he hangs out where he's getting worship from worshipers. This is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell for I have desired it. Oh, watch this now. Zion starts off as the place where God is worshiped. Your honor. We're giving you the praise to your name. Zion is the place where God rules and he overrules even in the midst of your enemies. Zion is also the place, according to Psalm 132, where you find rest. Mm. The question now is, what is rest? I'm not talking about sleep. I'm talking about rest. And he explains it even in the book of Hebrews chapter 4, because in Hebrews chapter 4, he says these words, verse 9. So there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For the one who has entered his rest has himself also rested from his work, as God did from his. Therefore, let us be diligent to enter that rest so that no one will fall through following the same example of disobedience. So let me tell you about rest. Rest, it says his rest, is when God takes over a situation on your behalf. Okay? Rest is when you don't have to force it because God handles it. Rest is when God took them to the promised land and he says, when you arrive there, you will have wells that you did not dig. You'll have land that you did not farm. You'll have cattle that you did not raise. You'll have houses that you did not build. I will 
already have what he calls the promised land rest. In other words, you're going to get in the place I have. So do you know God has already set up some stuff for you? He's already put some things in place for you. He's already worked out the road for you. But if you can't get no worship and you won't submit to his rule, then you won't arrive at the promised land of your rest. See, there's a whole lot going on in Mount Zion. It is the place of the operation of God, watch this, in the spiritual realm. Because notice, back in chapter 12, he says, you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. So he's not talking about earth. He says, you are already in the realm of the spirit or the heavenly realm or the new Jerusalem. The new Jerusalem in Revelation will come down from heaven because it already is in heaven. But guess what? You have come there. But if you don't know how to be there, operate from there, then you won't get the benefit of there even though you are there. You have already been repositioned, raised together in Christ Jesus in the spiritual realm. But if you do not operate spiritually, you will not be operating from the spiritual realm, which means you won't get the spiritual benefit of that realm. What gets you into that realm? Or you're already there, but what gets you operating in that realm? Your worship, his rule leading to your rest. And there's nothing like seeing God work out something for you that you didn't have to force yourself. There's nothing like experiencing God's unseen reality influencing your reality. The idea of kingdom authority is when God brings heaven into history. Eternity into time. And we'll learn more about how he does that when Dr. Evans returns to continue our message in just a moment. First, though, he's just released a brand new book designed to pick up where our current series leaves off. It's called Kingdom Authority, and it digs even deeper into the concepts we've been learning in our current series. Chapter by chapter, you'll learn practical strategies that put your God-given power to work getting to the root of spiritual problems, and living a more confident, victorious life. If you contact us right away, we'll send you a copy of Kingdom Authority as our thank you gift when you make a contribution to help us keep Tony's teaching coming your way on this station. Along with it, we'll send an interactive study guide that's perfect for anything from personal devotions to Sunday school classes or small groups. Inside it, you'll find links to custom video content from Dr. Evans, to add more power and passion to your experience. And if that wasn't enough, we'll even include all 12 lessons in this brand new sermon series called The Authority of God. Time is limited on the special combo offer, so don't wait. Make the arrangements today by visiting TonyEvans.org or call our 24-hour resource center at 1-800-800-3222, where team members are standing by to help you. That's 1-800-800-3222. We'll get back to our teaching time right after this. It was my first time meeting Jesus in the Bible. 
That's what one student is saying after studying Bibliology through the Tony Evans Training Center. Taught by renowned theologian, Dr. Tony Evans, these online courses feature compelling and exclusive video and audio teaching, plus an interactive scripture-based curriculum you can access online or through the mobile app. Sign up now at TonyEvansTraining.org. Take a course with Dr. Evans and explore the kingdom anytime, anywhere. TonyEvansTraining.org. I love Isaiah chapter 2. Let me read these verses. Let me, let me walk with you through this. Now it will come about that in the last days, the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief of the mountains and will be raised above the hills and all the nations will stream to it. And many peoples will come and say, come, let us go to the mount of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us concerning his ways, that we may walk in his paths, for the law will go forth from Zion. And the word of the Lord from Jerusalem, and he will judge between the nations. He will render decisions for many peoples, and they will hammer their swords in the plowsheds and their spears in the pruning hooks. Now, notice what he says. In Zion is a mountain. He calls it the mountain. In the Bible, mountains refer to kingdoms. Kingdoms are called mountains. And kingdoms are rules of authority. They're systems of authority. You and I live in the physical world of authority. But you and I know what it is to see systems of authority change. All you got to do is look at an election. You have one group that's in and that's their administration. When there is a change, there is a different administration, which means there is a shift of authority. Authority has shifted from whoever was the president and his cabinet to whoever is the president and their cabinet. There is a shift of administration. You have come to Mount Zion where the administration shifts in this mountain. And he says this mountain of Zion where you learn God's perspective, he calls it God's law, where you learn God's rules, he says in this mountain it is higher than all the other hills. Which means that if you're operating on Mount Zion, it can overrule the hills that's looking like it's controlling you. And there's nothing like seeing God overrule a ruler. Overrule somebody who think they all that in a bag of chips. Overrule a set of circumstances that looks like it has the final say. It says the mountain of Zion, when his law, when his rules, when his governance, when his guidelines come into play and you and I are consistent with it, becomes the chief mountain of your life or the chief kingdom of your experience. It becomes the abiding, overriding authority in his court. But if all you are is a Sinai saint, if all you are is an earthbound Christian, if you're heavenly on Sunday, but you go to earth on Monday, then you're going to get earth, whatever earth can give you, good, bad, indifferent. You'll get what earth can give you, but that's all you'll get because you're not operating from the new location. And the new location is Mount Zion because it's where God's presence hangs out. 
So you must become a worshiper. You must recognize the rule of God. The plan of God, which is to bring heaven into history. He wants you to know about the location, New Jerusalem, heavenly city. You have come. Well, what's up there? What's up there? Since I'm there right now, tell me what's there, because I'm there, we have come. He says, well, there at the end of verse 22, he says, there is a myriad of angels. So every believer has an angel whose job it is to assist in working out God's will and plan. They are the post office. Everybody has the post office. Then there are the postal workers who drive to your house to deliver your mail. Your angel is your delivery person. That angel is specifically responsible to bring the mail of God's will to your life. Okay, you've been assigned that. Every believer has been assigned that. But the angel is only going to work based on what's come from the office. Okay? So if you are not in concert with Mount Zion, there is no delivery at the house of your life. There is a myriad of angels who are carrying out God's plan. He goes on. Let me tell you what else. He says, to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven. Ooh. Okay, wait a minute now. We have come. So we're already there. We're not physically there because we're still physically on earth. But he says we are spiritually connected there with the general assembly. Those are saints from all times. And then a specific group, the church of the living God who are enrolled in heaven. But now he comes to a special group. He talks about the spirits of the righteous made perfect. There's another phrase for this group used at the beginning of chapter 12. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us. And then he comes to the big Mahath in verse 24. He says, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, Verse 13, he has made the first obsolete, that's Sinai, but whatever is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to disappear. So you need to let your secular thinking disappear. You need to let your worldly think disappear. You need to let your education that conflicts with God disappear. You need to let your perspective that you got from your mama that was wrong disappear. You need to let all of that stuff that belongs to earth, that conflicts with heaven to disappear because you're messing up the covenant. He says, the new covenant comes with better promises. You're going to get some stuff that will blow your mind if God can get you to work from Zion and not from Sinai. He says, I got some stuff I want to do to you. I got some stuff I want to do through you. I got some stuff I want to do for you that is within my will, but don't let the devil keep robbing you and ripping you off and stealing from you and canceling you out when I can overrule that because Jesus is the mediator of the new covenant. He's the one who makes it happen. So here's how I go. The judge says, I heard the witnesses. 
Is there anybody else in the courtroom who wants to say something before I render my judgment? That's when your defense attorney stands up and Jesus says, Daddy, I am the mediator for all them folk, so I know you got a right to be upset. I know you got a right to judge them, but I'm here to bring the two together. I had the witnesses, so they're my support, but now I want you to hear from me because I'm your only begotten son. So when you get that, oh, now you didn't change the courtroom. You've changed how things are being negotiated. You're changing how things are rolling. God's got a new program, but you gotta be on Mount Zion. You gotta be operating heavenly and spiritually, not humanly, earthly, and secularly. Dr. Evans will come back in a moment with a powerful closing illustration after he brings us this important invitation. If you want to know for certain that you're on your way to heaven when you die, then I invite you right now to go to Jesus Christ and let him know that you believe he died for you, that you believe he arose for you, and that you want to put your trust in him alone for the forgiveness of your sins and the gift of eternal life. If you really want to go to heaven, he'll give you a free ticket there, but you must go to him for it and believe him to give it to you. If you do that, you'll be saved right now. Find out more about what it means to be a real Christian. Visit TonyEvans.org and follow the link at the top that says Jesus. There, Tony will explain everything you need to know, and you'll find some free resources to get your new life started right. TonyEvans.org is also the place to go to take advantage of the special offer I mentioned earlier in the program. In addition to all 12 lessons in Tony's current series, you'll get a whole collection of companion resources to help you get more out of each message. It starts with a brand new book, Kingdom Authority, plus the companion Bible study guide packed with links to original video content from Tony to use on your own or to share with your church. And it's yours with our thanks when you make a contribution to help keep this listener-supported program coming your way. Also at TonyEvans.org, you can browse through our huge collection of resources and sign up for Tony's free weekly email devotional. And if you know somebody who could benefit from listening to Tony's teaching in Spanish, we have a brand new mobile app that makes it possible. It's called Tony Evans in Espanol, and it's available today as a free download through your app store. Well, tomorrow, Dr. Evans will dig deeper into that courtroom image as he outlines a guaranteed three-part strategy for silencing our accuser. Right now, though, he's back with this closing story. In closing, many of you know, many years ago, I was chaplain of the Cowboys, and I would actually go out and work out with the players. The wide receivers would start, would start running out, Drew Pearson, you know, and Tony Hill. And I got right in line with them, and I, I would catch them. And so they would throw pass. And I, and I went through all that before we did, did the chapels. Well, what I did was I learned some of the plays. And one of the plays was a fly pattern. A fly pattern is where you try to throw a touchdown in one play. So quarterback gets the ball, he runs back, receiver runs down, you throw the ball, and you try to score a touchdown in one play. That is the play. The problem is sometimes that play doesn't work out because the linebacker on the other side of the ball blitzes the play. Now, a blitz is where the linebacker or defensive back shoots in to disturb the original play so that the quarterback doesn't have time to throw the ball. Well, that's when they have in the play 
a waggle. A waggle is where Tony Dorsett peels off to the side just in case Roger Starback gets in trouble. And if Roger Starback gets in trouble because of the blitz and he doesn't get a chance to throw the pass, he turns to the waggle, Tony Dorsett, and shuttles the pass. Now, what's interesting is that the waggle is still designed to score a touchdown. The original play is designed to score a touchdown, but if he can't do it, the waggle is designed to replace it. Well, God called a touchdown pass at Mount Sinai. He told Israel, I'm going to throw you the ball. I want you to catch the kingdom and bring in the rule of God. But Satan blitzed the play. He got in the backfield and he canceled out, thought he canceled out the program of God by tackling Jesus on the cross. But that's when they didn't understand the waggle. Because three days later, Jesus peeled off to the side to catch the ball in order to score a touchdown for the new covenant of God. So you stick with God. You stay on Mount Zion because Zion is the place of victory. The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans is brought to you by The Urban Alternative made possible by the generous contributions of listeners like you.